Hello, and welcome back to the Performance Cycling Podcast. I'm Todd Norwood, here with my co-host, Jason Hammond. Hey, how's it going? We're going to talk about sunglasses today. 50 minutes of sunglasses. No, it, hopefully it won't be that long, but of course you'll know already, hopefully, uh, how long it'll be. But yeah, let's talk about sunglasses. The main reason we want to talk about sunglasses is because it is the preseason, and this is a time to dial down all these little things uh, that might come up on race day. And I have a personal story of my glasses fogging up and uh, crashing on a, a, you know, a pothole that eats your tire uh, that I couldn't see because I couldn't see anything. And uh, it was a cold day and it heated up a little bit later and I had some fogging issues and that was uh, collegiate. I think that was conference champs um, for collegiate and I, I crashed out of it and I was in the, the front group and pretty disappointing. But from that point on, I, you know, I said, okay, like sunglasses cannot be the reason I lose a race ever again. And so, I mean, it might not happen to you, but it's really important to just have this dialed down and not have to have the cognitive load of, oh, this doesn't fit quite right. Is it fogging? Like what's going on? Just really dialing this in and, and taking it out of your mental state is really important. Yeah. I think that goes for all your equipment, right? You want to, you want to test it well. And now you have this time where you're not racing so nothing's on the line and you can test all these things out in your train rides get everything dialed and yep. make sure that you're ready to go on race day with no no concerns about the equipment you can worry about other things and so we're going to talk about a few different other uh, equipment options and um, equipment selections in other episodes this is a good time to explore uh, different shoes shoe covers uh, skin suits uh, helmets whatever so now i have to ask why why sunglasses why jumping in at sunglasses um mostly because that's this is an area that i guess i'm a little more passionate about than uh like helmets uh fits your head pass safety tests. well see we're ruining our chance for another episode now all right but, we're not gonna go down that, um, that path yet. but okay. Fit, well it looks cool your sunglasses obviously is important too so yeah and the uh i guess you know coming from the track that's something that's always sort of romanticized is these these big shield reflective uh glasses that these um you know, incredible hulking men are uh, sort of staring each other down uh, in match sprinting. And um, I always thought that people with good, like cool looking sunglasses were really, um, you know, impressive, especially cyclists that, um, yeah. And uh, I think that a lot of uh, really high level cyclists really do a good job of picking their sunglasses, but Anyway, okay, let's uh, let's get so started. So fashion, fashion more, uh, first, and then go from there. Is that what I would say? Set the summary? for the most part, no. But um, if you can find fashionable lenses that uh, fulfill all this other criteria, then um, then definitely go for it. So uh, first, we're going to talk about the three phases of matter and how they apply to sunglasses. So uh, solid things. Uh, your sunglasses need to protect you from solid objects. This is probably the best argument to wear sunglasses if if you thought maybe cyclists uh you know do i wear sunglasses some people like in cyclocross events don't uh a few crit riders don't either but for the most part uh sunglasses are worn across the board and i think it's a good idea and um solid things especially uh bugs and rocks that get kicked up those are the two main things that um could definitely take your eye out yeah that's a that's gonna ruin your day i think also from the mountain biking perspective mud it's a, a big factor there and depending on how much that may change how you feel about sunglasses um, if they stay on or not stay on 
how sure. you get a sunglass hand up at a certain time. When you said uh, mountain bikes, I was assumed you were going to say something about uh, low hanging branches or uh, uh, that'll leaves. that'll that'll ruin your day too. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think the the rocks, dirt, mud for sure, and the branches sometimes. And then if you look at downhill mountain bikes, they tend to wear goggles rather than sunglasses. Um, is that things. a cultural thing sort of it being a more of an extreme sport a snowboarder more, type more akin to motocross i think than mm-hmm. cross country and if you think about it just the demand is different right in cross country you'd just be sweating like nobody's business racing for an hour and a half with goggles on whereas downhill it's a much shorter event sure um, tighter fits it's more secure when you have the goggles on because the the way it's mounted and the, the band that suspends it to your your helmet Mm-hmm. so i think for those reasons the gravity crowd tends towards goggles over sunglasses yep and we're going to talk about this a little bit more later but the effects of wind and um, also your body heating up and uh, how that can affect your sunglasses so uh, you did jump the gun a bit so salt liquid things are next um, mud is a big uh, thing to consider with your sunglasses so mud and water both if you're a roadie you know, I thought it was going to be dry at this one race and, and a, a cloud came out of nowhere. This was this past year and um, it was on a rural road mm. and farmland and suddenly the race starts and it's like a mud bath and it's a road race. And it was just there was so much dirt and it hadn't rained in, in a long time that we were getting a lot of spitting from the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that I have sunglasses that were dialed, but I mean, my skin suit was... Um, completely caked and i did have some visibility issues do you have any tips like as a mountain biker uh, you're gonna face mud a lot more often yeah i mean there are certain uh coatings that you can get for the lenses that make it more likely for the water or mud and everything to run off i've found those only work for so long um, and you know at the end of the day in the in the muddiest races i know you said oh, well it's good for protection the end of the day in the muddiest races i've ended up starting with my sunglasses on and and they end up in my back pocket at the end of the day just because at a certain point it it's so caked that you mm-hmm. can't uh you can't see and if you if you plan ahead and you know you're going to a muddy race where it might compromise your visibility if you can get somebody to like so here's here's my pro tip go to home depot buy the real cheap safety glasses because they'll they'll protect you from the solid objects and they they all now have some uv protection as well and have somebody like hand those up with your feet every lap so you can actually have a clear set of sunglasses to be able to see through and you can probably get 10 of them for yeah you know yeah a heck of a lot less than you know the performance sunglasses that we typically wear uh, for riding and they'll they'll do the job in those conditions and yeah they don't have the fancy anti-fogging or those other features but being able to see is important sure that's a really good tip and i think uh not mud but water you Mm -hmm. have to make sure that the shape of the lens matches your forehead correctly such that sometimes when it rains the the rain will drip on the inside of the lenses which really is a lot worse for distorting your view uh rain water on the outside of the lenses uh it's not really that big of a deal sometimes it's almost worse to have a little bit of spray than to have actual like rain yep. Yep. Um, because the individual dots will uh, obscure your view but getting any water on the inside of the lenses is um really gonna mess up your um vision so just the way that the um, lenses interact with your forehead whether they sit below your eyebrow sort of in the um, the well of your eye or yeah sometimes they sit 
uh, higher up above the eyebrows, and they can both uh, be good ways to prevent uh, water from getting on the inside. So another thing is the gas phase, which is fogging up. So uh, what happens for some people um, is they breathe or uh, it's may- maybe it's a wet day and usually it's associated with cold, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, lenses, temperature change. Yeah, lenses will normally fog up when there's a change in temperature between the outside of the lens and the inside of the lens. And the inside is going to be heated up by your body heat and then the outside could be getting some cool air combined with your breath maybe you're breathing upwards or mm-hmm. something like that some people in particular have worse fogging issues maybe it's the way they breathe maybe it's their head position uh, maybe they're just a little sweatier than the rest of us but uh, if you do have fogging concerns you should get lenses that maybe have cutouts in them you should have lenses that have better airflow so there's space underneath mm-hmm. of them or space above them um, if you have more airflow then you'll get a better um you'll get less temperature differential across the lenses and you're less likely to get foggy. I'm a big fan of the, the glasses that have some sort of a cutout. I've, since I've been introduced to those that style, I've always run those just because <laughs> I, I've had more success in keeping them fog-free. So I actually have um, a lot of space under my eyes, so I generally have all of the fog concerns <laughs> taken care of by just the airflow around the lenses. Um but I think a lot of people have success with cutouts. And you can see that because a lot of uh, sunglass manufacturers are doing cutouts. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if fogging is a concern, I think fogging is also a concern for um, time trial shields. Uh, because those are obviously the cutouts are not as aerodynamic as a completely mm-hmm. flush object. So um, you, you want to reduce that airflow in order to be more aerodynamic. But you are introducing opportunities for fogging. And, um, Todd, you talked about this on another uh, episode, but um, can you talk to me about anti-fogging coating? Yeah, I, I mean, the ones I've used are also similar to the ones that do the, the hydrophobic type coatings. And the idea is that there's a, a substance that makes it harder for the condensation to attach itself to the lens. And that's what's going to keep it from fogging up. So it's a, I mean, I assume it's like a slick sort of a surface that's clear and now it's harder for that, those water particles to settle on your lens and thus reducing the likelihood that you're going to fog. And again, I don't know, I, I'd say I've had more success with vented lenses than with that. I'm sure in combination, they, they work nicely together. That's how I do things now. And I'm not, I'll just say, I don't follow the manufacturer's instructions when it comes to the frequency of applying said uh, chemicals to my, my lenses. I would say I mostly do it in anticipation of the temperature differential. If, if I know it's going to be particularly cold or moist, then I definitely make sure I apply it. It's like a warm summer day. Yeah, have, I, have I applied it in two months nope oh whatever like my it's probably not a day for fogging conditions in sunglasses so i don't worry about it as much also uh since it is the preseason, it's a good time to practice your cold weather um, equipment and practicing getting the fogging routine down if you're only going to use it for race day mm-hmm. todd do you want to name drop any manufacturers or do you want to um maybe just point people in the right direction for a google search to get them going on their own research starts with o ends with y okay um, i i actually don't know these brands so oh it's the 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 big one 
in Southern okay. California, Oakley. Um, well, I mean, in, in terms of an, they have an antifog. Yeah, they make they have a, okay. their own little thing that they. I think you can buy it also aftermarket, but sometimes they'll sell it with the sunglasses as well. Okay, and that's um, like industry standard. Uh, that's yeah, and I, I forget the name. There is there is one that, that I want to say preceded that. It had some funny name. Um, now I feel like I'm going to have to do a Google search to try to figure out what this was because uh, the name escapes me right now. But there's, you know, there are other things out there. I'm sure if you went to the local outdoor store, you would find things. And uh, so let's talk about other things to think about when you are purchasing sunglasses or deciding on what uh, sunglasses you want. So, uh, of course, sunglasses, uh, there is this sunlight factor that we have to think about. So some lower end models will come with multiple lenses, a, a lens kit. And some higher-end models will say, well, these lenses will do good in any condition. And it's a bit of a, um, you get what you pay for uh, with sunglasses, especially sports sunglasses. Um, of course, everything up to a point. Probably once you hit three, two, fifty, three hundred dollars $300, it's like, okay, the amount of value. Yeah, diminishing returns, right? Yeah. So I think that lower-end sunglasses, you get... It's nice. You get a set of clears. You get a set of like cloudy weather, uh, like an orange, mm-hmm. and then you get you know your full sun. And these are nice because you can set them up for the conditions you want. The clears are like if you have a night crit or um, it's like really dark for some reason, mm-hmm. um, like really cloudy or even um, any sort of rainy conditions, you would use your clears. Um, these can be nice. But I would say that the higher end lenses, I use um, pretty nice lenses from Oakley. And I think that Oakley does a really good job of making good lenses that make every condition look sunny, if that makes sense. like You have good contrast. Yeah. I, I remember riding on a cloudy day and I, I had my glasses on before I went outside and I took them off halfway through and said, oh, it's cloudy today. You almost uh, like the, the ability for the lenses to... Um, give you good contrast to allow you to pick out individual objects. It's it's really nice. Um, yeah, so I'm a fan of photochromatic lenses. I think in part that has to do, it's probably two factors on my end. One of it's I tend to ride early in the morning, so I'm out in low light a lot of times. And so it's helpful to have sunglasses that are going to adapt to the conditions as they change, but also mountain biking. You're in the trees, you're out of the trees, it's, you know, super dark it's super bright it is variable with right it may be a super sunny day but then i'm on a trail that has a lot of trees and so now it's not sunny and having having lenses that dynamically change with the light conditions is super helpful because if i'm on that sunny day and out in the open like i want my dark shades but if i'm now in the trees i want the orange contrast and you know i'm not going to switch shades in the middle of race so enter photochromatic lenses this is fantastic it changes dynamically with the light exposure yep so i was going to ask you about that actually i don't have a lot of experience (laughs) a lot of road races especially in northern california are not um, changing from shadow to sun to shadow but that is a big concern for other people in more wooded areas or mountain bikers Mm -hmm. and um, one big so you know the, the summary of the issue is 
as you're coming from the sun into the shade, it's really hard to pick out objects mm-hmm. with that dramatic change in lighting. And you can almost feel like, especially on a descent and the lighting changes, you can really feel lost on the bike. And, you know, the bike's still going 25 miles an hour, mm-hmm. but you really have a hard time picking out any objects. And that can be pretty dangerous. Um, so photochromatic lenses are, that's what you want to look for in a lens if you are someone who encounters that issue often. Yeah, and they're not instantaneous change. Uh, of the lens there is still a little bit of delay and the other part of it is so yes if you can have i think photochromatic lenses that's probably better than one lens but remember our eyes are really incredible in the fact that how they adapt to the range of light and our, our pupils you know open and constrict to allow a variable amount of light in and that happens pretty quickly right you can test it yourself by closing one eye and you know opening the other one and, and seeing the um the reflex there so you know if so pre-photochromatic lenses and when i was riding with just one lens a fixed lens i would always go for a lighter lens color uh, when i knew the conditions were going to change right like i knew i was going to i knew it was going to be sunny but i knew it was also going to have you know, trees that I'd be in and dense trees where it'd be darker, I would always lean towards that, knowing that my my pupils to a certain extent are gonna control the light coming in when I'm in bright and sunny conditions. Yeah, and uh, when it comes to single lens, you um, you can only go how, how do I say this? Like if you choose too dark, uh, you're in a bit of a pickle. And, right. Um, right. Yeah. But if you know, if there's ever a question of, oh, do I go with my medium or my um, high uh, shadows? Like, always pick the medium because yep. you know it's yep. always going to be worse to have less let, visibility. Yeah. Let let more light in and let your eyes adapt to it rather than try to block it out because you yeah. Once it if light's not coming in, your eyes can't can't process it. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about fashion. Uh, so I mean, this is a bit subjective. But I think a lot of, uh, there was one phase, maybe 2014, 2015, when Oakley had every pro team on their lenses and everyone had, I think the Jawbreakers was the, um, was the model. And I think they looked awful. Like, um, you know, like weird cutouts that made it look kind of like a shark, but like really overbuilt lenses. And, um, I think this is when Chris Froome was just starting to get good and he had these really like obnoxious uh, bug-eyed lenses and you're sort of like, why are you wearing those? And, you know, I know why because they are they have a sponsor agreement. The price is right. Yeah. But um, it, it's all, it's a lot of it is in the eye of the beholder. And I think that if it makes you feel good, um, go for it. At the end of the day, if it's functional, that's the most important thing. But if it's functional and makes you feel cool, then you know it's it's a double whammy yeah i guess from my perspective the sunglasses i wear my ride my bike and sunglasses i wear when i need sunglasses not riding my bike are very different pairs of sunglasses and you know obviously there's the functional piece of it when it comes to riding the bike of the sweating making sure that my sweat doesn't get on the lenses and it's adequately protective and it fits my face well and it fits with my helmet and you know hopefully it looks cool with my whole kit setup and i want that angle and you, you know, if I'm driving home from a race wearing my bike sunglasses, it means I forgot my other sunglasses. Sure. So uh, I guess in terms of fashion, there's the sort of um, sharp 
lines and cutouts and um, kind of bulky frames. Mm -hmm. That's a one style. There's also the like almost minimalist style mm -hmm. where they have like small lenses and um, maybe only a top frame. And um, that's pretty popular, I think, with runners more than cyclists, mm -hmm. those minimalist ones. And then there's, uh, which is becoming more popular is um, the like large flat lenses. Mm -hmm. um, and I it, like Pac has a pair of sunglasses that are like very flat and um and, and also very large. And I think some of the pro riders look a bit silly, but um, that's getting pretty popular as well. Are these, it's, um... it's almost like the the shield, right, from the track mm -hmm. in, in a sunglass form, right? So if you touch like the helmet, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's, um, it's like a flat plane. So I have some that are quite large like that, but I prefer mine to curl backwards the mm -hmm. way that a track mm -hmm. rider would. And um, the only thing I can say about large ones like that is... Um, if you are focused on like say you're in a three-man break and you're smoked uh do you want your competitors to be able to look into your eyes and see that that uh you know the hollowness in them knowing that you're about to bonk or you know do you want these uh reflective lenses that cover as much of your face as possible so they can't see you know that single tear of pain mm -hmm. coming down your eye so that's something that maybe you could consider if you are in these mono e mono situations um you can hide a bit behind your lenses and that was something naro quintana was always um congratulated for i guess when when he first came on the scene was like no facial expressions and that the commentators always said like that sort of struck fear into the eyes of the other riders and um, a good way to play a poker face is to have these big um, reflective mm -hmm. lenses i mean even poker players do that now sometimes sure. right so the other thing we didn't talk about is sort of the the frame style and you know, depending on your riding position i think the lower you are the more impact potentially the top frame has on your visibility because you have to sort of look out the top of the, the glasses. So I've certainly seen some some models now where they've eliminated, it's like all bottom frame for support and there's no top frame. So you have that unrestricted visibility. Mine have no frame. It's, it's just, just attaches yeah, at just, the ends. Yeah. 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 So I think from a visibility standpoint, I just thinking about the position that you're riding in versus the position you're purchasing in. Right. And yeah. those, are, those are different. Like, oh yeah, these look fantastic in the mirror when I'm looking straight up. But it's not how you ride. You're bent over at you know 45 degrees or more, and you're, what you're looking at when you're on a bike is very different than looking at the mirror in the store. Yep. And um, so one thing I have in my notes is um, the attachment point to your head. It's not a very technical way of saying it, but how does the um, how does the glasses interact with your um, ears or mm -hmm. you know the the sides of your head? So. Uh, some helmets have, um, I mean, a lot of helmets have the um, turn closure system, but some have space for the um, ends of the glasses mm -hmm. and some don't. I actually prefer helmets that don't have the space, and that's because you can um, strap the glasses in underneath the mm -hmm. uh, strap, whereas uh, like the helmet I'm using right now has space for them. So the glasses stay on my face just by the strength of the frame mm -hmm. and the frame pushing inward. And finding the right balance between, you know, some people need those glasses really stuck to them. Maybe they are doing something like mountain biking or, or on a rough road race where they're constantly knocking around. They need those glasses to stick. At the same time, in hour four, if the sides of your head are starting to bother you, 
um, it's definitely going to be a distraction. So finding the right balance for you or finding maybe the, the helmet glasses interaction that's right for you. It's important thing to focus on. If, if you put the glasses on in the store and it's like, ah, oh, these feel a bit tight. Um, I mean, that's only going to become amplified as you get into a longer ride. Yeah. I think similar when we talked about shoes before, it's the same concept. Like, oh yeah, these are okay in the store. Like, that's probably not the pair you want. You probably want the pair that you say, yeah, these feel great. These are good. I barely feel them on my head. Yeah, that's probably the pair you want. Yeah, and I, th- I think that the frames also are um, you pay, you get what you pay for. In that, uh, it seems like a lot of the nicer glasses I tried on, the frames feel less bulky, they feel less tight, but they also feel more secure. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know enough about uh, engineering and how the, they do the it. Sunglass but, paradox. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, a lot of the lower end ones, it's a bit like how is this like so painful, but so insecure or whatever? Yeah. I think those are kind of the high, the high points, right. Of what makes something that's comfortable on your head, make sure it's protecting your eyes adequately among other things. And I don't know, make sure it looks cool with your helmet or I think make sure it functions with your helmet. Right. I think, I think to your point, there are some, some weird helmet glasses combinations that just weren't made to be, um, and it, yeah, it just gets weird. And that, and one of them doesn't fit right with the other yep. and your face. And uh, the only other thing that I have is uh, prescription lenses. So I um, looked into this a little bit. And so like a shield, like I have, mm-hmm. you can't get prescription. So it needs to be some sort of small lens that they can actually shape mm-hmm. correctly for your needs. And um, so you are a little bit limited. You can, I think, get some lenses that have cutouts if if you're someone who needs that. And um, But for the most part, you are going to have a smaller lens and you are a bit more limited in your options. At the same time, you have to really think about if you want prescription sunglasses because these things will probably hit the ground if you're racing. And uh, whether it's... Uh, I was so good with my glasses to... To take care of them and then one day i you know dropped them in the parking lot after a race and i got a nice um, little scratch across it and so if, if you do have um, prescription lenses and you are going to pay 700 dollars, or you know you have insurance you don't have insurance it's uh it's important to you know really need them if you're gonna get them because they will probably get um destroyed at some point and i think that's true across the board is um unless you have bike insurance um you're going to have to pay full price when your glasses snap in half if you you know get in a decent accident. And of course, that's the, the rule of sunglasses, right? The more you pay for sunglasses, the more likely something unfortunate will happen to them. And the, the less you pay, somehow the sunglasses last forever. Even if you try to lose them, you can't lose them. Yeah, it's always they're the $15 indestructible. ones. Yeah. The $15 ones, you sit on them twice and they're still there. Yeah. You know, the $150 ones, uh, you look at them and they, they start cracking. Right, or you, you somehow you leave them somewhere, you like leave them on top of your car, or something something random, and they are no longer in your possession. Yep, so, I mean, it, it's a personal balance for everyone. You're, uh, sorry to say this, you're probably going to get it wrong the first time, uh, but it's about sort of refining and trying to do your best to think about all these different possible scenarios you might be in. and. Um, maybe adapting the glasses you currently have or um, finding new ones that are that you know you're excited about they look cool but also uh, fulfill all your needs yep and yeah so i think to your point it's like person and discipline specific yep and yeah the, just because your friend has cool sunglasses that you think look cool and doesn't mean that they're going to work for you and 
the sunglasses you think look cool are not going to work for him. And yeah, you just have to go out and test it a little bit and hopefully not spend too much trying to get it right. Yeah. And there's a lot of manufacturers, so don't feel like you're limited a bit. And I would say try and get one that's cycling specific. And that would be my, I do have Oakley glasses, but I would say that I've tried on a lot of their pairs of um, cycle, like they, they're marketed as cycling glasses, mm. but sometimes I feel like the the people who design them maybe uh, miss the point a bit about what you want in cycling glasses. It seems like they, they almost have too much airflow, which we didn't talk about, but if you have too much airflow and you have allergies or you have dry eyes or um, like oh, one of my dude. teammates, oh, every race, oh, my eyes are bothering me so much. And yeah, your glasses let too much air in yeah. and, and then you just the get Lord makes your eyes water and you can't yeah. see. So, um, yeah, sometimes the, if you get something that's not cycling specific, I mean, cyclists encounter, you know, 20, 30, 40 mile per hour, uh, winds, if I like headward winds and as opposed to like a golfer or Mm -hmm. a baseball player or a tennis player, they're not going to experience those winds. So an engineer who's designing glasses for someone uh, in a different sport, they're not going to address that design. I mean, even a runner, right? Even a an elite level marathon runner is going 13 some miles an hour. Right. So, uh, and you know, we know that aerodynamics only start to matter at 14, 15. So um, I would recommend cycling specific glasses and um, get it from a, someone who's reputable in that field, as opposed to like, yeah, these guys make great golf glasses. Uh, okay. That's probably not the right place for you. Yeah, Absolutely. So yeah, uh, if if you like our podcast, please share with your friends, uh, smash that like button or whatever button is, uh, you know, on your app that you're using right now. And, um, as you always say, Todd, keep the rubber side down, I guess, keep, keep your glasses close at hand.